you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. recording podcast episode 84 what's up neil what's up man another good day man we got another great guest oh, yeah. actually two guests today mm-hmm. we've got davy allen and Corey dawson welcome guys Thank hello you. hope you guys had a decent drive yeah. rain didn't bother you too much no not to the end right very end right. right as we were coming across the bridge pouring <laughs> it's always nice to at least if you're gonna get rain and it's pouring at least you're on a bridge you know <laughs> it, it seemed a little hairy at the time i appreciate it it's more always now. safer yeah like, oh, Jesus. could not wait till we were past the bridge and these guys brought us some uh some whiskey what do we have here this is the uh, old hammer straight rye 90 proof from mm. west fork distillery in indianapolis but it was distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. All right. Let's do this. Let's see. It's good. Uh-huh. Good. I like that rye. Well, that cheers. is good. Cheers. cheers oh, shit. I forgot to cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. man. Thank you, guys. We kind of did so, that in reverse. That's we drank good. first. But. Well, we were excited about the rye. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Nice and easy. Yeah. So what's, after what's, this, we can go to the ET100 over there. Yeah. To, just to <laughs> switch it up and go back to the rye. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's hear from you guys. Ask you to go back to childhood, and we'll start with you, Davey, and share your early memories of music, and then maybe where in life you realized music was going to be an important part of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say early on, growing up in church, that's where my first musical experiences were. I love the drummer. I thought that was the coolest part, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then and later on, I saw Mick Fleetwood play and. It was just on TV, but I saw it, and it. I remember thinking, "This is badass. This is the thing that I, mm. you know, want to be. If it's drums, it's drums, and <laughs> if it's something else, but playing music." And then was still playing in church, and uh, I think once I got to the age where I could go out and use my talents uh, at clubs or bars or or just see a bunch of different people, then I knew it was something that fulfilled me, and then I was I was sold on it. From from there and yeah. So you played drums growing up. Played drums, yeah. Huh? That was my first instrument. And what else? Uh, you play uh, pretty much everything. Uh, a little bit, <laughs> but, you know, just self-taught, so not just enough to get by. A trombone. <laughs> I had lessons for trombone and played that in school. I was pretty it was pretty good. There you go. Do you ever pull that out now? <laughs> <laughs> I do, and I, I put something on Instagram like last last spring. But uh, other than that, no. Really? Maybe I should bust that on the show. We have talked uh-huh, about. Ah, there you go. That would be a kick-ass. It'd be like, dude, 
He just pulled a trombone out. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Not a lot of that happens. Uh-huh. So what is, <laughs> instruments do you play regularly? Uh, I, in Davy in the Midnights, it's mostly uh, keyboards. Okay. When we tour, I might do a song on the guitar. I have it with me just in case. Mm. But uh, play, play keyboards mainly. That's been my, my moneymaker. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been listening to a lot of your music and we noticed a lot of keys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's you. Yeah, okay. that's me. How about you, Corey? Going back to childhood. Yeah. Well, I started at like zero years old. <laughs> and uh, Didn't we all? I probably, uh, my folks didn't play much, but the radio, that's probably my first influence was a radio. But kind of like Davey, my, my grandpa got me like a drum, mini little kid drum kit when I was five and drum lessons. And I just cried every every drum lesson that I ever had. <laughs> and that was the worst thing. I, I thought I wasn't... You're being tortured. I thought I was not a musician at all for so the you, longest time. You so. didn't enjoy music lessons? No, no. I didn't, I didn't think I could play. You wanted to be able to play but couldn't and that's what made you cry or you just hated well, to go into lessons? I think I was too young. At five years old, I don't even think that I understood that yeah. what music was. I don't even think I knew that people played music <laughs> until I was like 18. Yeah. You know? Why can't I just beat on these things? You know, why do I have to try to make it sound like something? Yeah, I was like R L R L on a piece of paper. What do you want me to do? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. That's why. That's we we had school rocking here not too long ago, and I think that's the best way for kids to learn. You know, get in there and learn some songs that you like, and with other kids. You know, instead of right, mm-hmm. right, left, left, right, right, left, left, right, left, right, left. Oh. <laughs> Find something familiar. Yeah. 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 I didn't like music until that. Well, I didn't stick with music playing guitar until I, I had a somebody that taught me like that. Yeah. For a very short period of time. But until somebody was like, hey, bring me in something you want to play and like to listen to, and I'll teach it to you. That was the only time it stuck. So we've had a lot of people on a podcast talk about piano lessons and how much they hated those as a kid. But I don't think we've had somebody come in that hated drum lessons. <laughs> you're still young and taking lessons. And when you're young and don't want to do something, you're going to hate it regardless, I think. Yeah, so, exactly. Especially in five. There's so many other things to do at five than like be taught outside of school. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. So, Davey, when did you start venturing out and and playing just in the general public outside of church? Right away. I called Janet's in town lounge in Monticello, Indiana when I turned 18 because I'd heard if there was like <laughs> a did. stage you could play there. So I called Janet's and I talked to Janet and said, Hey, I got a band. Can we come down and play? She goes, Do you want any money? And I said, No. And she said, come on. <laughs> and from then, yeah, I kept going after that, just calling places. I mean, worked and had, eventually, you know, you get tired of doing it and you can't handle the music and the booking at the same time. Mm. And so then you, somebody else does that now. But it, So did Janet know you or did she just not care what you sounded like as long as you were free? <laughs> It's such a small town that I, where I'm from that, yeah, it was just okay. like entertainment. Even if it was bad, it was going to be different and interesting. So. It's like there's something you can advertise, you know? She probably in heard you sing in church, yeah. Could you yeah. imagine like being in uh, Litchfield or, or, you know, somewhere by the lake and a band, a live band be somewhere? I mean, think about it. When there's a the No Lin Fest, everything shuts down because oh, there's yeah. live music. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine being in a small place like that and just having <laughs> something going on. 
<laughs> so I guess once you uh, once you visited, was it the Monticello Lounge? Yeah, Monticello. We Monticello. say it wrong. Yeah, it, oh. it's, it's it's named after Jefferson's home. Okay, but but we say Monticello. Monticello. Yeah. Okay, I don't it's know all why. That local dialect. It's that yeah. Hoosier thing. I guess. I don't know. You you were you bought in right there. Oh yeah, I was sold on it, and like everything, every decision I made, it was just like, how can I gear my life towards making money playing music? How can I do this forever and ever? Uh, when you were young, right before I guess about that time period, were you already writing? Already writing. Yeah, I have cassettes from when I was four or five years old, just in you know, a cassette, little cassette player recorder of me singing. Didn't know how to play an instrument. I used to pretend that I would play a, a, a tennis racket, <laughs> thinking it was a guitar. And just write songs and put them on the cassette. And I got cassette after cassette of me just singing about my life. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, that seems to be what has continued. Yeah, I'm still doing it. Uh, yeah. well, and it's just, the, you know, the one comment I made to Brad is between, you know, Davey Allen, the solo artist, and Davey Allen in the minute, it, it just seems like there's so much material that you've pumped out a lot in a short period of time. And the difference, there's so much variation in that. So part of it is you seem to be continually writing and continually creating to be able to have that much material. I mean, because just in, I wrote down what, May 2020, you had, uh, I can think that was David in the Midnights. And then 20, you just had a, your own thing done. And then you had yeah. stuff in 2015, you had an album that was your own. And then, yeah. I mean, it's just over and over and over and over. We were at the studio yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> we really were. No, <laughs> so it's like, I guess the question is, one, how, is there a separation in the way you write and, and what material goes which way? Because there's a vast difference in, mm-hmm. you know, Davey and the Midnight's and some of your solo stuff. I mean, how do you kind of categorize it? Then secondary, what in the world were you listening to growing up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say the first part, we play, a, the, the band in general, we get a lot of money from playing honky-tonks or, or geared mm-hmm. towards more country music, whatever that is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but good time music, people dancing, selling booze at the bar. So I think that the songs that go towards the midnights, at least in my head, are the ones that I think that I don't have to guess whether people are going to like it or not. It's just going to be a song. I feel like it's, it should be, in my mind, universally like, okay, this is a cool song. It's easy to dance to or it's easy to... There's a lot of good stories. When we, when we do our shows, we tell stories about the songs, especially the Midnight songs. There's really good stories to it. So people who don't know our music can immediately attach to it and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, they know the backstory to it right mm-hmm. away. Whereas I think some of the more solo stuff that I do is more here's the the basis and i'm not being too direct so kind of come up with your own meaning to it and figure out what it means to you because maybe even i don't know what it's about whereas the Hmm, midnight songs are more direct Hmm. and that second part i've already forgot (laughs) well just (laughs) neil probably did (laughs) no i remember it well you know because because there's so much difference you know i even wrote down like there's evolution in your songwriting from big mama to uh, like already know mm-hmm. the difference in that. What you know? What kind of lane were you in when you were listening to music growing up? Was it everywhere? Or was it kind of one thing at a time? How how did you listen to music? Um, I mean, going back to growing up in church, you know, just a lot of that was what I was allowed to listen to at the time. Yeah. And eventually, as I got my own job and had my own money and could kind of do my own thing, I bought a Led Zeppelin record. And listen to that, and I was like, you know, I've heard of this band, but I don't really know much about them other than a song or two. And then when I could dive into the the deeper cuts, 
ooh, that was that was something else. And then I thought I was buying a Johnny Cash record at Walmart in Monticello. But instead, I came out and didn't realize I'd bought a Bob Dylan uh, CD that looked exactly like the Johnny Cash one. But I kept it and I listened to it. And then that's all I could listen to for years was Bob Dylan, every documentary, every book. I became obsessed. An accident. It was an accident. Happy accident. Yeah. I'm watching Corey over here. He's learning so much about you. <laughs> I, and I thought he had heard all the stories. Like I said, we're always talking. This guy knows every Bob Dylan lyric. And it was because of an accident he was trying to listen to Johnny Cash. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I asked the same to you, man. Like, what were you into growing up? No drum beats, I'm sure. <laughs> no. So, I mean, but, you know, being a bass player and you started on drums, I mean, what was the stuff you listened to music-driven or lyric-driven comparatively? I was mostly into just music. I didn't pay attention too much to lyrics. Mm. My dad would always, he would speak the lyrics, like, before they would come because he knew kind of all the songs like <laughs> on the race. So he would always, so he was into it. And so I, I, I knew that I had kind of like a penchant or the ability to be able to. So I've been kind of honing it since I realized that I was much more in tune to like the musical side of things. Yeah. I, I, I liked, uh, gosh, probably like rock and roll in, in the 90s and then and then rap and hip hop and all radio stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. I think Weird Al uh, Yankovic. I, my first three records were Weird Al purchases. <laughs> really? yeah. Weird Al was amazing. That's a lot of fun, yeah. Dude, it makes music even more fun. Especially because you knew what he was singing. I mean, you knew the songs. So it made it even funnier. Right. Corey, are you also a multi-instrumentalist? Uh, yeah, I ultimately went to school to be a music education, music educator. Okay. an education major. And so I got to learn. I kind of did it so that I could learn a lot of different instruments. Did you ever so teach? Much. Nope. Didn't get, didn't go that route, huh? No. I graduated in 2008, and um, there was a lot of things not being funded anymore in mm-hmm. that realm. And yeah, I, I really just wanted to play more. I didn't want a teacher that didn't uh, have experience, and so I didn't want to be an experienceless teacher myself. Mm. I guess. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Northridge, Cal California State University in Northridge. Okay. Yeah. So where did you guys, how did you guys eventually connect? Where did that start? That started uh, 2016. I was living in the South Bay of Los Angeles in Redondo Beach, playing every Wednesday night at Susie's, which is no longer there. And DK is now passed on. Rest in peace. I don't remember. I, I know that was, was like, the place, but I don't remember Yeah, how. it was like the night before I went to Coachella in 2017. <laughs> I remember because I was like, like, you want to sit in? And I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to roll like 60 joints tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Yeah. I got to like, tomorrow, yeah, man. I got to stash them in the bottle, bottom of my Pringles jar. <laughs> I got to buy super glue and reseal the top of it. <laughs> I was I, not your priority. I cannot, no, date, yeah. Uh-huh. So it wasn't until like July, I think, we, it's started, like, it's we, got, like, we started uh, the, jamming. It's like the day before Derby around here, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's the same thing. <laughs> it's all about strategies. <laughs> so I, I assume you set in. Yeah, they, they let me sit sit in and... It, it went well. I mean, so, I, I remember thinking, hey, all right, this is going to work. So it was one of those things uh, for for you as well, Corey, that... Once you did sit in, it's like, man, this just feels 
pretty damn good. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was uh I think it was Davey and Mike and Brandon, or maybe there was maybe I can't remember who all was there, but uh I remember getting done. I remember telling them like I'm I feel like the worst person in this whole group, and that's kind of where you want to be. That's where you want to be, man. So yeah, like, that's, that's cool. the best. Yeah, you say that all the time, I'll Neil. Say I do. Yeah. Yeah, you want every member to feel that way, though. Yeah. <laughs> Equal amount. Yeah, you want everybody to be like, dude, I hope they don't know I'm a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imposter syndrome. I get it all the time. Yeah. yeah, don't we all? Oh, I swear. So, Corey, did you always uh, go with four strings? Yes. Yeah, I got a, just decided I wanted to play guitar one weekend after a camping trip where a friend had one. I came back and my brother had just bought a guitar. And I was, I was pissed, <laughs> man, but I had, but I had already like, I had a car by then I was already 18 and I had like big subwoofers in the back, you know, I'd built this thing and I would oh, like yeah. crank the, crank the bass and just try to get people to notice me from like a block away. <laughs> so and you, and I was like, well, if he's going to play guitar, I better like get a bass. Cause I know that that's like, I can at least hear it and I can. Turn it up and it'll sound cool. I think so. Oh, that's, that's how I Good slipped. Idea. That's how I slipped into it. That was my first like instrument, I guess. After the that drum fiasco, and then, <laughs> but yeah, four strings and and uh, never looked back. Well, let's let our listeners uh, hear Davy in the Midnight's. Let's talk about Sad Souls. Tell us about that song. Uh huh. Well, it's a song. It, it's I'm not for sure what it's about. It, well, I know the first verse. Is about listening to Guy Clark, and that that verse is for me. And the second verse is uh, we we needed a historical account, a sad account of a historical event, and it was the uh, I gotta remember it was a, John Adams and his wife Abigail, and and he was sick, and she was she's trying to make it back before he dies. He ends up dying on July fourth. I don't remember the year, and she doesn't make it back. And that always struck me as kind of sad. You know, you want to be there for your for your lover or whatever when they're passing. And uh, the third verse is thinking back when I was living in Indiana, 2007, 2008, and it was a very early on trying to figure out the music and how it worked and not having anybody to show me or direct me and and just feeling lost. And so Sad Souls is, in general, a call for people to to say when they are lost and when they're sad and, and when they need someone to to help out and not feel ashamed, basically about mental health. Okay. Awesome. And this is on the Full Moon EP, correct? That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Sad Souls. I woke up this morning listening to old guy Clark. They don't make them like they used to. Sad songs and broken hearts. There ain't nothing like the truth to make your body feel. Let's join in this communion Of sad souls and hearts like mine Sad souls, sad souls You done rocked unto the road Where is mercy, where is comfort Sad souls Dear John, you left us of July Dear Abby 
she missed out She didn't even say goodbye Still picture frames and artifacts Make me slow lose my mind Let's join the next communion Of sad souls and hearts like mine Sad souls, sad pictures man yeah it's nice yeah hell of a writer i had a hell of a vocalist i love your voice yeah, man. thank you very much yeah, yeah. no doubt i just want to listen to the third hey. verse now <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had trouble turning up i was sitting here thinking man this this is uh some rainy day listening right here oh you could sit and listen to this all yeah. day that's a good one yeah i guess a, a real question for me is how in the world are we here i mean you guys meet in you know, L.A. just a few years ago, and and the fact that you know you're here. You know, you did you grow up in Indiana, uh, Monticello? Yeah. Okay, so yep. you grew up. You're coming home, Corey. Are you from Indiana, or how did you end up back here? No, I'm I'm originally from San Diego. Was in L.A. quite a while, but then there's like a bunch of people got a cold last year. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, I'm out. See ya. Yeah, a bunch, well, yeah, a bunch of stuff happened. You remember? <laughs> vaguely. I, I vaguely remember something happening last year. So is that what prompted the, the, the return to, to Indy? For me, yeah. I, I um, My wife and I decided, at first we just came and stayed at, in Monticello, and then a few months went by and we decided, hey, we'll buy a home. And then immediately started, you know, trying to plan of how... The band, because now the band is in California, but I'm in Indiana, and the drummer is now all of a sudden in Indiana, and then Corey could probably tell you how the rest ends up. Yeah, they uh, they gave they gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Oh yeah, yeah. The Midnight signed me to a thirty million dollars, <laughs> perfect five year deal, handshake so agreement. Like, yep. <laughs> Still waiting for that check to clear. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the first couple cleared, but. Okay. Well, you know, you just got to... I got my signing bonus. When, when you Still put, chipping away. When you get that check, you don't even cash it. You just put it on the wall on a frame. Say, look, I got that check. 30 million right That's there. That's right. That's awesome, I post-dated man. it. <laughs> so were you guys in the middle of the craziness of the L.A. music scene while you were out there? The L.A. country music scene. Okay. Yep. What yep. is that like? It's interesting it's really interesting it's it's pretty vibrant and mm -hmm. happening um and there's even in orange county california and um i think some families that are there are only one or two generations removed from being from oklahoma or mm -hmm. being from texas or wherever else so they keep a lot of their country music roots especially and, and of course there's like also, just some guy from New Jersey who <laughs> wants to dress up a little bit and get into it. But they have a thing called the Grand Old Echo, which happens during the summer on Sundays. And it's always a really big hang with four or five people. They have great touring musicians. So, yeah, it's at least that was my experience. We'll see how it all turns out. We're going to find out. We're going back in uh, December. Hey, what's the occasion for December? Are you going to be there for a little while or are you just going to... Pop in and play and... Pop in and play. We have a tour. We have a tour in October that goes till uh, first week in November. And then we leave for California the last day of November. And we'll be out there playing. Well, I think we start in Arizona. 
and then Nevada and Southern California and Yosemite area. Oh, sweet. Going to be all over for a couple of weeks. Awesome. That'd be amazing. So Dave, you have, you have, of course, your your solo stuff and you have Davey in the Midnights, but do you also sit in a lot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think for a while in LA, that's kind of what I did. I put my own thing, my own songs on hold and didn't have a release for many years. And now it's kind of all happening at once. But I uh, I backed up a gentleman from Indiana by the name of Johnzo West. When mm-hmm. I first got there, I kind of looked him up and... And then uh, through Johnzo and through the bass player Justin and a nice music video, I ended up getting a gig with them backing up Eric Burden from The Animals. And that was on my birthday, mm. 2016, I believe. And so they did that for five years or so, four or five years. Uh, is that the uh, the animals like, there is a house? Yes. Yep, tour. We did like four different continents and four or five wow. years. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we started in Australia, and I'd never been to Australia, so that was wow. pretty interesting. Yeah, wow. yeah. And uh, but since the Eric thing, so we had there was a big blow up in Amsterdam, and I don't. It might not have been the blow up specifically, but whatever happened um, after that, the tour got canceled, and I was stuck in Amsterdam for two weeks, and I had just kind of made up in my mind why, you know, I love this Eric gig and I want to do it as long as I can and I still did it, but I, why am I not focusing on my stuff? Why am I not releasing music? Why? And then that's when what you're talking about, the, the, the a lot of releases very quickly, yeah. it's because I was like, I, I got to do it. It's now or never. When you did have that moment, was was that stuff even recorded or was that something that once you had that epiphany, you would just record, record, release, release, get it all out. Yep, yep. There was no, no no dates booked in studios or any plans or anything like that. It was just, uh, I had my ukulele and, you know, after a couple of weeks, some illicit drugs or and wine. And, and <laughs> I had, then all of a sudden I had in my notebook plans for two or three records and the songs and how they would sort of be. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam, man. <laughs> so everybody needs to figure out their life two weeks in Amsterdam. <laughs> telling you, man. So uh, once you left there, you kind of had a roadmap for where we are right now. Uh, well, I didn't or know. I didn't know it was going like. to turn out like this. Like yeah. I thought I'd be in California, but the goal was to, to tour more, which we had done a little bit of leading up to to that moment. But uh, the biggest thing was record these songs that were just piling up and in, in my notebooks and and on my iPhone messages and or the voice memos rather. And so the, the, that was the goal. And, you know, we wanted to tour as much as possible. And the way it was looking was, it was going to be like, we're going to be able to do two, two big tours a year. And so that was kind of the goal. And so 2018, 2019, both a winter and then like a summer tour of either the Midwest or the West Coast. And we did that 2018, 19, 2020. We did the February into March. And then like the last week and a half of tour got canceled because of the, the cold everybody got. And the sniffles. Then, it's just the sniffles. And then, <laughs> and then we, so we were on hold. We get to Indiana and we just did a summer tour that was out west for a month. It kicked ass. And it was like the best tour we've ever had. People were very hungry just, for live music in yeah. July. Yeah. Was it yeah. mostly outdoor stuff or all outdoor? Mo- mostly outdoor. I think there are a couple indoor ones. I can't remember exactly, but mostly outdoor festivals. And awesome. Things like that. Yep. Let's listen to another, uh, another Davey in the Midnight song. Tell us about Old River. Yeah, I grew up Monticello, uh, Lake Schaefer, which is dammed up portion of the Tippecanoe River. And I, I uh, always thought, well, if I ever wanted to leave, 
I could just get in a kayak or a canoe and I'd have to take it out a couple of times and, and go around dams or shallow spots, but I could get all the way to the Gulf of Mexico if I wanted to. Uh, and I'd even heard of a few people in my town that had done it over two or three months in the summertime. Wow. Going that would all the be way. Insane. In a kayak? In a kayak. Yeah. Oh, wow. Camping out in different places along the river, you know, on random property, <sighs> going into town when you needed provisions. Yeah. And, yeah. I never did it myself, but I always dreamed of it. So that's kind of what this song's about. The Just the constant flow. You got to be going. Awesome. Old River. I'm star for starlight And I can't find you my peace of mind my peace of mind I've crossed a limit Misplaced my moonbeams I'm so unwise I'm so unwise Different sound from Sad Souls. Yeah. More of a, what you'd consider, I guess, traditional country sound. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, same instrumentation, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it's just how the band delivered it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same guys. Something about that old steel guitar, man. Is it's that just, a, what is that, a lap steel? That's a pedal steel. Pedal yep. steel. Yep. Just listening to the lyrics, how, how do you feel like. Uh, Wait, do you oh, play that too? No, no. Oh, no I was going to say, geez, how many instruments do you play? No way. <laughs> Uh-uh. Over time, how do you feel like your your songwriting has grown? And what did you do to cultivate that? Like, uh, you know, to become a better songwriter. You know, not saying that songs were bad from the beginning, but I mean, you're you're obviously at a a pretty good place with songwriting right now. Uh huh. Well, they are bad at the beginning. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some like people who are actually aliens in disguise. You know, I won't name any names, but just people who can just do it. You know, and, and, and those exist, but especially for me, and I think most people, it's just doing it more, not mm-hmm. being afraid to be bad at it early on mm-hmm. and just keep going. And, and eventually, you know, you don't suck as much, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is your, uh, well, I, would, I wouldn't say that you suck at all at this <laughs> point, but what, what's your what's your songwriting uh, protocol? I mean, do you have a, do you just write when it comes to you or do you, do you have to force yourself to schedule writing or what's that look like? Uh, it ends up being just something that I want to do. Um, because I like doing it. And so then it becomes this thing that, um, oh, the floor needs swept. Eh, I'd rather be songwriting. So usually <laughs> in the mornings, I'm waking up, a cup of coffee, and uh, can sit down. And if something comes out, good. If something doesn't come out, I don't push it too much. Mm-hmm. Let it ha- try to happen organically. But uh, I wish I had just a little bit of that want to songwriting. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We have we we've been dealt with that, haven't we? Yeah. Divorced of it's tough. So Corey, do you do write any? I do. Yeah, I write some songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a little chaotic, and uh, I think I'm the type that needs less interruptions. And uh, I just finally got a new place, um, settling down and looking forward to all the uh, <clears throat> the seeds. Mm-hmm. And the seed packets go. in my seed box that are ready to be planted. There you go. So, uh, <laughs> were you like playing country music before this, or like that type of music, Americana? What were you doing? And was this where you were at musically anyway, or did you just happen to be in the same place at the same time and dug what was going on? But ah, give it a shot. Uh, yeah, I, in Los Angeles, I was playing with a, a group, Suicide Cowboy. And so we were kind of in that a similar, we would do similar covers, Dylan, Willie Nelson, and okay. folky to country type stuff. I had practiced my chops a little bit. <laughs> and when you write, what type of music? Yeah, well, I, I put out one record and it's kind of like all over the place, genre wise. And yeah, what's the, is it under your name? And, and, it is under my name, yeah. All right. Corey Dawson. It's really good. I'm going to have to yeah, listen to really, that. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, we, we, we probably should have known just so we could talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, that'd be on me, Davey Allen. Yeah. I'll yeah. take responsibility for that one. No, no. I should have sent you the link. Yeah, yeah man. Um, <laughs> but because of the involvement in the other like country group that I would write songs for in Suicide Cowboy as well, I tried to just keep the country things out of there mm-hmm. and so my solo record is like kind of everything that's not in that kind of okay. americana realm all right we got to look it up Corey dawson davy when you do sit down and write a song do you uh are you thinking that way like this is i'm going to write this for the midnights and this is going to be or generally not no okay. no i generally i just what what's on my mind and then it, it, even after a couple three or four different rewrites having a a voice memo of it, listening to it, coming back the next day, rewriting, doing it like three days in a row. And then I'll have a better idea if it's going to be a Davey thing or if it's going to be a Davey in the Midnight's thing. Do you generally uh, write with the melody in mind? Uh, No. Word salad and then go from where that takes you? It's, it's word salad or I, a lot of times if I get stuck, I open up a Bible and I just kind of go through and look through like a passage or a word or a phrase or something that's interesting. Just to get it started, it may not even be in the song. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, just to get it, just to get it going, and then the melody kind of comes afterwards. Yeah, like in front some, of a keyboard, sitting there. I generally don't write on a keyboard. Most really? of it, just guitar. It's too. I don't have a piano in my house. I have my electric keyboard, and it's usually getting ready for a gig or a, you know, in, in the transit case. in the case. <laughs> so it's it's like the easiest thing when I'm in. You know, when I sit down and I, I feel inspired, there's not a lot, of, a lot of process that goes into it generally. By then, no. I've lost interest and yeah. <laughs> I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. So you sent us a song, Daniel. Is that is that one of your solo releases? That's a solo release, and it, it's it, I yeah, Daniel Boone. It's about Daniel Boone. All right. I guess about, but it could be. It's one of those things that you could be you could put your own meaning on it. So mm. it's not. Directly, Dan. That's why Daniel rather than Daniel Boone. So Corey went to school to be a music teacher. Were you going to be a history teacher? <laughs> I love history so much. <laughs> it shows up a lot in my writing. But yeah. no, I, I, no, I, I never even attempted. <laughs> I, I knew, I knew music was. I just wanted to be playing for the people. <laughs> there you go. So let's check out Daniel. 
There's a voice in the dark that calls to him Speaking in tongues of love Oh, come to me now if I only knew how Sweet angels carry me home he blazed his way through the cumberland gap Through the hills that fell like fire Oh, long hunting Danny was finding sanctuary In the land of the native sons Life ain't always as it seems Sometimes I fall to my knees When I find sleep She comes to me in my dreams There's a silence in the air No soul should bear Eats him from the inside yeah. out Oh yeah I can tell you I'm definitely going to add some Davy Allen and Davy Allen and Midnights to my playlist Yeah man, no <laughs> doubt yeah. Put it in the rotation big time so for our listeners that want to follow you more closely, where can, where can they find your music and find your socials and all that? Uh, music, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Bandcamp. I would say go to Bandcamp because we get the most return on that. There you, you go. Know? And uh, so I, I put that out there. But the easiest way to get it, you know, and if you, and if you just want to listen casually, if you really like it, then you can go spend a little bit on Bandcamp. Um, Instagram. Davy in the Midnights, Facebook, Davy in the Midnights. Uh, our website has a lot of good information, DavyInTheMidnights.com. I think that's about it. Twitter? Well, I don't, I don't do Twitter. I mean, I'm, we have one, but, yeah, but you don't do it. it might be linked to something, but we have no <laughs> ideas. We have no good ideas. So about, Twitter is not for how us. How about TikTok? <laughs> yeah, we have a TikTok. All right, there you we go. have a TikTok, but we've never posted from it. Though in Park City, Utah, over the summer when we played, I was a part of my first TikTok. Uh, some people pulled me away afterwards, and they said, "Hey, we want we want you to be in our TikTok." And I took it as a very high compliment. <laughs> <laughs> we, I did a dance. I did a whole dance. Oh, it was, dude. It was yeah, it was, it's, it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to uh, end this and have have some fun doing some one shots, and can't wait to work with you guys on that. And we want to remind our listeners to. Be sure you subscribe to One Shot, One Mic, One Song. Subscriptions yeah, yeah. have gone up, Neil. Yeah, man. But we, we are still at about 76% of our views. We're still getting a lot of views, but 76% of them aren't hitting that subscribe button. And that's what we need. People. Come on, we need. Let's that's go. what we need. We need the subscription so we can become a YouTube partner. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go out, Davey, with uh, Science of Gravy. Tell yeah. us about that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my grandfather. Paul David Allen the first. I'm Paul David Allen the third. It's a family name. All right. And uh, he would sit down at the head of the table, and he would say, "I don't use butter if I have gravy." And growing up, I just accepted that. I don't know what it means. I just <laughs> was like thought it was a funny little thing. And we all just, just sat there and went, "Uh huh." But what what were we saying? Uh huh. To so the, the songs, the science of gravy, like trying to figure it out. What is this thing all about? Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for talking with us. Thank you. Early in the morning Before he heads out She's cooking them sausage and toast 
being quiet as a mouse He grabs his thermos Chicago bomb How he survived Before she came to town Great! 